Hello everyone, and welcome to Angel Meadows Radio. I am Mama D, your host. My show is called A Conversation with Friends because I believe everyone is a friend we have yet to meet. This show is where you get to know new friends or get reacquainted with old friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to A Conversation with Friends. This evening my guest is Jen Sugarmeyer. Hopefully I pronounced that right because usually mm-hmm. I kind of crucify names. <laughs> no, you did perfect. Sugarmeyer, you got it. Cool. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and read your bio without tripping over my tongue so everybody knows a little bit about you. Okay, for 15 years, businesswoman Jen Sugarmeyer climbed the corporate ladder working around the U.S. and Afghanistan contracting with the Department of State and Department of Defense. Also, having worked in both the public and private sector of corporate America. In her mid-30s, Jen looked in the mirror and didn't recognize the person she saw staring back at her. Although she appeared to be successful, Jen was living a dark double life that no one could see. In and out of jails, hospitals, battling addictions, Jen failed for 10 years trying to get a handle on her life until she heard seven words that redirected her course. Jen was able to endure an incredible transformation and has trademarked her mythology as reset and now helping others reclaim the life that they too thought they lost through a holistic approach to life and happiness. Now, two times number one best-selling author, Jen has been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, and a variety of magazines promoting her method- methodology, positivity, and transformative advance advice around the globe. Oh my God, I almost killed that one. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You got it. <laughs> I tripped a couple of times. Well, first off, thank you very. Whoops, hitting the microphone. Hey, thank you very much for for agreeing to come on, even though it's been a while. How have you been? You know, life in COVID is different. I think everybody's just adapting to the new norm, but uh, but it's been wonderful. I actually wrote an entire book since we spoke last, which may yes. have been, I don't know, six months ago or so. Yeah. So it's been exciting. You know, I used the time as best as I could. and But yeah, you know, it's it's adjusting. <laughs> it is. But hey, look, we're all, knock on wood, <laughs> healthy and, and here. And yes. we're going to try and, hey, Gina. Uh, and we are going to try and help a few people because I I got this with, with everything else that was going on. We were a little late in, in getting me the, 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 the book, but I got it two days ago, three days ago, and I listened to it on, on Kindle. I make them talk it to me so I can read and because I need to just have both. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there going, like check marks. Okay, I need to do this. <laughs> Definitely need to do. So this this book is is very interesting. And what it is, it's not just it's not just you sitting there telling everybody, oops, a little person. You seeing ta- telling everybody everything what to do, but you tell what you went through and you are pretty honest about it. Like in the, in the yeah. bio, there are very few people that will say that, you know, you know, you've been battling uh drug addictions and been in hospitals and jails and stuff. That's like, you just sort of put yourself out there and said, okay, anybody has any problems with it? (laughs) Your issue is not mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's been an extremely vulnerable um, journey because for me, I lived a double life for so long and I really mm -hmm. wanted to keep it hidden because that's not uh, standard corporate America or standard America. And, you know, really backing up, my story began when I was 12 and I had an eating disorder and I knew that wasn't something I just came out and wanted to share with people. So I really learned to live two lives. And when I, um, when I got sober and, and we can talk about that, um, but I really, I felt so long that I was just trapped because I didn't have an outlet, um, you know, for, for talking to anybody. I didn't feel like I could raise my hand and take a mental health day. I didn't feel like I could talk to certainly anybody in, in my corporate space. Um, I didn't feel like I could take time off work. I didn't feel like I could talk to my friends. And so when I came out, it was this complete shift of going from, I don't talk about anything that mm -hmm. this doesn't really exist because you don't see it. And I actually don't believe it myself because I'm not owning up to it the way I should have to now I'm extremely vocal. And the reason I, I did that is, you know, it's, it's healing for me as well, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, but it, it's to let other people know that it's okay. I am not unique. My, my story is unique to me, but I'm not unique in the sense that life happens to, to all of us and, and things and things just pile on. And so, um, so that's why I've been as vocal as I have been. Yeah. Well, my co-host on a Thursday show is, um, or I'm her co-host is in the chat room and she says she can relate. It's something that she went through. And I think what's great about it is like you said, a lot of people don't talk about it, you know, because it's a stigma that, you know, as not just corporate America and, and corporate whatever, but the world thinks when you think, oh my God, drug addiction, alcoholism, they they see you in one way, even though they don't they don't see somebody who's surviving and thriving in, in the corporate world, even though behind the scene you were like a basket case. You yeah. know, you weren't probably were not the picture of what people would um consider to be a drug addicted addicted to drugs and then alcoholism. So I mean you're you're speaking out. For me, the way I look at it, you're speaking out is is always helping somebody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I've had some amazing, you know, feedback from from people. It 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 is. It's an it's an interesting journey. But you know, when when we feel like we're alone, when we feel like we don't have someone to talk to, that makes the world so extremely lonely. And it keeps us, you know, we we feed into what that stigma is. We keep stigma alive. We keep all of that, and, and we. Mm -hmm empower it. And so I've really just tried to, to take that power away. So it's, yeah. and it's very liberating for me as well. I just say, you accept me or you don't. And it's been an amazing feedback that I've received from people, actually. I, I think a lot of people are amazed that once they finally open up to what they're, what they consider to be their weakness, their, you know, their little secret, there's so many other people out there that are going through the exact same thing and having the many Thoughts and it's oh my God, if I talk about this, people are not going to like me anymore. My family's going to disown me. So I think for everything, not just alcoholism and drug addiction, but for every other thing, people need to not be afraid to speak out. And mm -hmm. everybody has to kind of sort of listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's where I wrote reset. It was really the exact steps that I used. And mm -hmm. I was very open about everything that happened in my life. And I wanted people to kind of walk through my story. This isn't the autobiography of Jen, but I wrote it to help others and so that they can relate. So I used very relatable experiences, everything that happened to me. So uh, so I'm glad that you picked up on that and I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. What what 
I didn't realize until you started, until I started reading it, hearing it, was that reset has a meaning. It does. Reco does. Recognize, eliminate, structure, elevate, and transform. That's it. Those and, are the five steps. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And and you have the book is you have a, a an intro. The first, I think, is 45 pages mm -hmm. are like the intro of who you are, where you got there, you know, what you so what led up to the beginning of the five steps. And then as far as I'm concerned, every chapter after that is a step. So there's basically five chapters. There's the, the intro. I know you don't see it that way or it's not written that way, but to me, it's the intro and that's like a major part of it. And then you help people to understand how you're doing each step. And mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a quick, I mean, this is a type of book that for me that you're going to read once. And like I said, you're going to put check marks on a whole lot of stuff and then you're going to go back and do it again. And this time actually not just read it, but do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and I wrote it the way that I did because, you know, sometimes we try to do everything all at once or mm -hmm. you know, it's like when we read a book, we read it all at once. But if, if we try to approach our life and we try to make these big transformations and we turn every knob, you know, it's like when I, when I decide I want to, I don't know, get into something new and I go to the, to the vitamin shop and I try every single vitamin and, you know, people are like, well, how do you like this one vitamin? I have no idea yeah. because I'm taking 25 vitamins. I have no, because I tried everything at the same time. So, so you, know, you, you have to really focus and what is this vitamin doing for me? So, and really conceptualizing the steps as you're going through them and making sure that you're not rushing. So it's really broken down in the systematic, and when I, and I'll be, I did not, when I, when I started my own transformation, I didn't mm -hmm. set out to say, I'm going to create a program and I'm going to write a book. And this is what my life is yeah. going to look like. That did not come until after this was almost all done. And at some point I had this aha moment and said, oh my gosh, if this works for me, this can work for others. So it's set up in a very methodical way. And the mm -hmm. team I don't know if you've gotten to the T yet, but it's all about transformation. And how do we make this into a lifestyle change instead of just something you read once? Yeah, those sound like some good ideas, but how do you really take, and there's a whole bunch of tips and tricks on how you make that transformative for, for long-term uh, change in your life. So so that's, that's why it's set up that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have a gentleman in the chat room, Rob, and I'm not even going to try his last name, says you are an inspiration. Oh, thank you, Rob. <laughs> And then my co-host or cohort is this, that is the way to heal and recover from addiction. And people think, addic yeah, mm -hmm. people think an addiction, they think just drugs and alcohol, but there's other forms of addictions that you've yeah. got to heal from too. Yeah. And, you know, and I went through a lot of those and I, I have to learn that that's a lot of it's, it's, I have addictive behavior, right? And so mm -hmm. it's, um, understanding my triggers, your strengths, your weaknesses, all of those things. Um, and you know, when I stopped drinking, it was, I went into, I'm um, I'm sorry. I have to, I really have to interrupt. I'm, I'm guessing that's your husband. That's sort of trying yeah. to sneak. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so cute. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to point it out. He tried, I gave him points for trying. Yahoo. But it was really cool. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, um, I don't even know what I was saying, but, but I went through everything. It was, it was, I drank, you know, and I was just a moderate coffee drinker and then I stopped drinking mm -hmm 
you know, alcohol. And I went from, you know, one or two cups of coffee to 12 a day. And then I was like, oh, yep. I can't do coffee. And then I was chewing three packs of gum a day. So then I got addicted to the aspartame. And then I got addicted to, you okay. know, the caffeine and the, in the tea. And, and it was just one thing after another. Addictions come in so many forms. And I know that I'm a candidate for, I don't know, probably mm -hmm. most of them. <laughs> My addiction is chocolate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially now when you're sort of stuck at home, it's like, ah. yes. it's like okay, yes. put it in the fridge. <laughs> it's harder to eat when it's cold. So stick it in the fridge and don't keep it closed. In the chat room, Gina Banks says also addicts have heightened emotions like OCD. So when these things happen is I'm much, I'm much more intent are much more intense and you have a need to work on different areas at different times. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why my, my program is really holistic because, you know, for, uh, for so many years, I went after what I thought the problem was. I thought my problem was the drinking and I, and I, I, you know, I tried everything, whether it was hypnosis yeah. or it was, you know, acupuncture or neuro-linguistic programming or whatever that may be. And and I tried to go after what I thought was the problem. And when I step back and, um, and we can talk about that day if, if you want kind of my yeah. aha moment, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I was, I was dating someone at the time and I, I didn't get real close to people because I, you know, I didn't want them to, to see all the dysfunction in my life. And I just, yeah. I was really at a breaking point. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't want to be alone forever. This isn't the life I imagined for myself. And if I get into a relationship, then I will be happy and I will stop drinking. And, and I think this was something, you know, many times myself, and I think others fool ourselves that if we get that promotion at work, or if, mm -hmm. you know, my husband does this, or if my wife does, then I'll be happy. And so, and so we keep, we keep trying to fix things by something mm -hmm. happening in our life. And so I was in this relationship and we had the talk after about four months and we sat down and he said seven words that just changed the course of my life. And, you know, and I was ready for him to, you know, tell me I was a bad drinker or I was, you know, just, I was ready to, to combat whatever he was about to say. And, and he said this, he said, Jen, you need to learn to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just emotionally was, I just, kind of fell apart inside. And I, I, it touched me in a way and it was, it was different. It was different that, you know, it wasn't somebody saying, man, you know, oh, addicts or, oh, your behavior is terrible. You know, you need to get a handle on your life. I it wasn't those negative things. It was somebody that actually cared. And yeah. it touched me because it was in an area that I, that I had a gap in my life and that I wanted. And, and I knew that if I was going to be, a you know, if I was going to continue on the path I was on, that I was going to be alone forever. So, um, so I, so this is when, you know, I realized, wow, you know what? So kind of tying it back to where we were mm -hmm. before, uh, it was me. It wasn't, yes, believe me, my drinking was a problem. That was absolutely a problem. But the true problem was me. It was really the alcohol was a symptom and everything yeah. else that was going on. Those were symptoms. And so I had to look and I had to isolate. So back to, to Gina's point, you know, looking at these, these areas in our life. And that's why, you know, I had to dig into my anger. I had no idea how much anger I truly held inside of me. And it was even something as benign as, you know, the way somebody parked, if they were parked parallel and I'm like, Oh, you fool, why'd you park that way? You know, and mm -hmm. that raises your blood pressure. That's energy that we're expelling that we, we truly don't need to do. It's not something we can control. And, and I would find myself all throughout the day. And I was just, you know, I was 
when I tell people I was dealing with my anger, they're like, you know, you, I thought you were pretty happy. And I was a pretty happy, you know, I, I had a lot of friends. I had a really good life, but I had this anger that was always creeping up and that mm. will weigh me down. So that was a big one that I had to address and something that, that was one of the first steps uh, that I yeah. had to all the negativity and, and all that. So yeah, a lot of things to isolate within, within yourself. And that's why it's a holistic program that I go through so that you can look at all those different areas. Yeah. And one of the things you said was that when you, when you example, the person parked crooked in the parking lot or whatever, you sort of have to turn the situation around as to say, you wonder why maybe this person was in a rush to get into the store. They need a baby diapers or baby. You, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that's what they have to do. And it's like, my husband is, is one of those frustrated people. And, and I don't drive, <laughs> I drive people crazy, but I don't drive a car. And he's, he gets sort of frustrated and he gets cranky and mouthy. And I look at him, I go, is, does, does it make you feel better? Cause I'm one of those happy sunshine people that need to make sure things are, I know that they're bad, but I, I like to find the positive in things. So yeah. he looks, he looks at his, he goes, yes. It makes me feel good to complain. I went, really? This, oh, shut up. <laughs> and it sort of switched the mind. He stopped complaining about it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm like that. I have to find in every situation I have for me, I have to find the silver lining mm -hmm. because I believe there is something good about everything that happens. The most yeah. horrific things can happen, but there's something. It's, it's a tiny little spark. You know, there's something good. And we can train our brains that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I when I, I look back to when I was five years old, right? And I was going to be a singer. You couldn't convince me otherwise. You couldn't convince me that my, you know, my thighs and my, uh, you know, big, huge gums in my face and my awkward hair, that that was probably not, you know, going to be on the stage. But you could not convince me otherwise. I was so convinced. And it was life. It was life that told me, you know what? You're too tall. You know what? You're not good enough, you know what? And so then you start to, and your brain starts to to shift. And so I learned all those things. I learned all those behaviors. And so it's it's now it's so when I started looking at all those crooked vehicles, and I started looking at you know oh you're parked in my spot, which by the way I never had a spot. I have a you know. place I prefer to park, but I've never mm -hmm. had a spot. So why am I getting angry over that? But it just is a behavior that you learn, and so you have to unlearn it. And so you were talking about some of the games that I would play and, yeah. and it was, you know, I would see, I mean, I get really mad on the road. I really do. I just see these idiot drivers and I have to say everything under the sun. I would never say this to anybody's face, but I felt totally justified in saying it to myself. Yeah. And, you're alone in your car and you can just, yeah. like, but I mean, like evil things are coming out of my mouth, you know, and, and I just really needed to rid myself of that. And so, you know, I would, when I would see somebody and they would just do something totally irrational, it was, I had to justify, because I think when we justify things in our mind, then, mm -hmm. oh, okay, all right, I, I give you a pass because you were taking your pregnant wife to the hospital. That's fine. And so you just kind of play those, those yeah. mind games with yourself. And at some point, it just becomes natural. And you just learn to let things go. And until you can let go and those things don't bother you, yeah, you kind of play these games with yourself. And you're like, okay, well, that guy parked like a fool because, you know, he was in a rush yeah. to the baby diaper or whatever it was. Exactly. <laughs> My my co-host Gina, um, <clears throat> she does that. <laughs> I will wake up. She was having an issue uh, last week, 
and I woke up at least two mornings to her audio just spewing anger and 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 I and I giggle because I think she's cute when she swears even though she's <laughs> she doesn't think it's funny when I laugh at her but I can make her laugh and get her out of that angry spot but and she says that's she says, if it's not life-threatening, let it go. But she also says, yeah, I still have to, I still do that. Yes, you do, you know. And, but you have, in, I'm the type of person who says, when it's, when you're angry, no matter what it is, like the crooked Parker or, you know, somebody in the spot that you normally stake, it's like, you have to let it go. You have to let the anger out. Because if you just keep holding it in, that's even worse. I love you too, G. It's even worse because then eventually it just sort of builds up, builds up, and then it spews on somebody who was, whether it's your partner, your mother, your father, or somebody, pers poor person in the grocery line, who isn't supposed to have it, but you just spew everything on them. Mm -hmm. So for mm -hmm. me, my thing is when I get angry, and trust me, Mama D, she gets angry, I give myself 15 minutes to be mad. Leave me alone. Let me have my 15 minutes of, ah, and then mm -hmm. I'm okay. Because mm -hmm. I need to release it. Because I used to hold everything in and it made me sick. Mm -hmm. It made me physically ill because I would not release the anger. It would just sort of build up and it would come out in physical ways. So my thing is, you got 15 minutes to spew venom. And I'm, and, and it'll never be held against you because the universe is like, oh, God, she's doing it again. Gina's at yeah. it again. You know, and, and then you... You find that thing that that reason to to understand why they park crooked, or why they cut you off in the in the freeway or whatever the case may be. So yeah. I understand, you know. Yeah, and I think you t you touched on a very important concept, and that's boundaries. And yeah. you know, you have a fifteen minute. You've allowed yourself that 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 time in order to kind of reset or figure things out or get your emotions out or whatever that may be. And you say 15 minutes and that's it. And, and I, yeah. you know, that's as part of the, the structure um, step within reset. And that's really about how do we stay in that state of peace? So once you've eliminated a lot of that toxic energy, it's how do you structure? And so, you know, your structure is, is, 15 minutes around my, I yeah. need that time. Right. But, yeah. but that's how we, that's how we stay centered. And, and that's how we make sure that we don't have things that are creeping into our space. Like you holding on to that, those feelings for, you know, ever and not letting them out. Right. Because if you do, all that's going to do is going to come out in a different way that is going to, you know, be hurtful to you or maybe to others, or it's, you're not going to feel good about it. And so you have that structure set up in order to help you. So I think that's a really important part to touch on is, is having those boundaries that we, that we put out for ourselves and, um, and boundaries can be incredibly powerful. Um, in fact, that's what my second book was about. Yeah. So which yeah. I, I'm still amazed that I could write a book on an entire book on boundaries, but they're so incredibly powerful that, uh, that I, you know, I just think they're the necessary. You have to yeah. have them. So you do realize I'm going to have to have you back on with the Brown boundaries book. Oh, I, love see, it. I was, I was, I was, a, I was a pretty good hostess. There you go. What is it? Uh, no, that's missing right there. Do, 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 defining that's your boundaries, it. the yes, no playbook to what you want in life. That's it. You can get what you want in life with your boundaries. So yes, ma'am. Exactly. See, there we go. One more. You got time. it. There we go. Yeah. That's it. Excellent. So I'll I'll have you back most definitely for that one. Great. I need it a little bit beforehand so I can remember. <laughs> get out of the drift. Oh gosh. Um, 
Now, one of the things in there, uh, the E for eliminate, I thought that was very important because a lot of people don't do it and a lot of people don't realize they're actually doing it. But clear out, donate, liberate, done. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you in the book you had said, things that had no meaning to you, that you could not see them other than the fact that, okay, I bought it, I kept it, I whatever it, it's just, I, it's mine. I don't get, it's not doing anything for you. Get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Because how, how many, just even just clothing, how many, not just women, but men have closets full of stuff that they can't wear. I am one of them because they can't fit. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll lose some weight and I'll fit into this. Oh, you know, it's like, it's not going to, it's going to mm -hmm. take you a couple of bucks to go to the, you know, to the dollar, not the dollar store, go to the, the, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, go to Walmart and buy another pair of pants, right. you know? But get rid of them. They're not, it's it's not something you're gonna hold on to. And that includes people. There yeah. are some people in your life that just for me would take me back to that place. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and I wanna go, I don't want to go and visit that anymore. I've been there, done that, I've learned how to grow with it and understand what I went through, but now it's time for me to time for you to go. Yeah, and, and so there's a few things as you're going through the process of, of looking at people, places, things, and ideologies within your life. And and it's, you know, I believe that when we have so much clutter around us that when we're trying to find our purpose, what are those things that are truly purposeful and meaningful? If we have so much stuff, how do we really, truly appreciate everything that we have? And so once you start getting into the elevate step, that's when all the work that you did in eliminate really comes into play because you've, you've yeah. cleared those things out of your closet. But so it, it helps us to look and find what is truly important. What is our purpose? What is meaningful and truly giving those things the, the gratitude and appreciation for what they have. So that's one. And the other is we have, we, we can have toxic things and it, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It can be people and we are being held down and we might not even realize it or, you know, we're spending our, our effort. I found as going through this process that I had a lot of what I thought were friends and they ended up being mm. more of acquaintances. And so I didn't necessarily eliminate them from my life, but I thought, you know, I'm spending all this time and saying, Hey, how is your day? How are you doing? What are you up to? And it's not being reciprocated. And so yeah. I had to say, okay, is this a friend? Is this, what, what is the purpose that this is serving in my life? And so I moved a lot of those people into the acquaintance. And so that way I didn't feel, you know, weight, weighted down by not feeling that reciprocated love, if you will. And, and if it yeah. was mutual, so I just changed those things around. But I, I believe once we have a clear slate of, so I, I'd encourage people take a look at the low hanging fruit. What are the things that you don't use? What's just sitting there collecting dust? What, you know, is, is if you got rid of it, you wouldn't miss. So get rid of those things and then truly take a look at those things that are toxic and just start there. We all have a lot of things and people and places, yeah. and everything in our life, but just start with the easy stuff and really take a look at the toxic stuff. Cause that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Exactly. Um, Gina. Oh God. Yeah. I lost the majority of my friends when I got sober and left that life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. That, that happens, um, you know, for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Dave in the chat room. My <laughs> wife has more clothes than Saint Vincent de Paul. That is cool. <laughs> you know, it, it's so easy to do. It's so easy yeah. to do. <laughs> and it's 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 a thing that that I learned later in in my parenting thing is that when you bring a new toy into the house, uh -huh. an old toy has to be given away, donated, or thrown away. Yeah. And I never, I didn't learn that when my kids were young. It's like a little bit too late in a dang what it is, because my children still have a lot of toys downstairs in the basement, but that's not my keeping. But we won't go there. But that's 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 a way of beginning by teaching your children that it's you love this, but you know it's like you kind of you want a new toy, then you have to choose to give one away. And a lot of the parents have I've noticed is that they clean up the toy and they give it to uh, uh, a children's ward hospital or something. It was, this was before Corona and all that stuff. But you give it away to a charity that's in need of it just for children because children have are always in need of toys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? yep. So that's, that's, a way to, that's a way to start. Eliminate yeah. what you're... <laughs> exactly. Gina says, let someone else love it. Yeah. Yeah. The way that you once did. And, and yep. I think that's just the cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Now, at one point in this book, you said you were searching for your higher power. You knew that you couldn't control everything, and you were yeah. searching for your higher power. Mm -hmm. Did you mm -hmm. ever find it? Yeah. Well, the day that I got sober, I said, I can't, you know, I, I give up. I, mm -hmm. I cannot do this on my own. And, you know, to me, um, you know, and I, to me, I had always acknowledged that there was a higher power. I never... Mm -hmm. I never fully grasped that I needed to have a relationship and that's really what it defined. So it wasn't just me acknowledging that there was a higher power in my space, but that I needed to go consult. How do you have a relationship with somebody if you don't talk or get to know them? Right. And those were the elements that I missed and, you know, asking for guidance and, and for me, I mean, it was, it was like a huge weight off my shoulder and, and it taught me, you know, I don't, I don't, ever fail. Um, you know, I have someone always looking out for me and course correcting me when presumably, right. That once upon a time I would have said, man, I failed. Right. Cause sometimes we, yeah. we want something and if we don't get it or man, I was working towards something and it just didn't happen or whatever it may be. Right. It looks like a, a lot of people say failure, but yeah. When I started to shift my brain and have a relationship with my higher power, that's when it was, you, you don't look, I was just you know, you, you learn the lessons along the way and I'm going to guide you to where you need to be. And there was a peace and a comfort and just that love that I had been craving for, you know, and I was trying to find with maybe alcohol or, you know, that mm -hmm. I really wanted when I was wanting to be in a relationship. And, and I found that. So it was just such an incredibly, I, g I gave it all up though, that day that we had that talk, I said, I'm done. I can't yeah. do this anymore. Because I keep, um, you know, steering the ship in the wrong direction. Yeah. What I like about your book is that, to the point I've gotten so far, you haven't used the word God. You've always you you use the word higher power, which is really cool because a lot of people hear the word God and it scares them because they yeah. think it's a religion. It's like my friend Gina in the chat room. If you don't believe in God, you just know there is something greater than you. You don't have to give it a name. Because yeah. everybody has a different name for their higher power. But just using the higher power of the universe, it makes a lot of people less, eh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and like there's, yeah, there's all different names. And, and you know, I mean, 
mine has a name, you know, but I, I, I'm, I truly believe in, let's just believe in a higher power and whatever that is for you. And if you think that someone is something, it, you know, has a bigger purview than you do, think of just the myopic view of the world. Could you imagine if somebody up above was able to look at everything like a big mm -hmm. chessboard? I mean, we're just a kind of a player in a chess game, right? We only see yeah. maybe that one or two moves in front of us. And so just give it up to somebody who, you know, whatever they look like, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. and, and just let, let that go. So yeah, I, I did that intentionally because I, I truly believe it's it's you can define it how how you want to define yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's what's really good. Like I said, it makes people will sit there sometimes and go, "Oh, this book has God in it." I'm gonna put it down because it's a word, but it's mm -hmm. not. There's no and and it's a name like Darlene, Jen, Gina, Dave. Mm -hmm. It's a name, but it's not who they are. Mm -hmm. It actually is whether it's God, Buddha, Allah, or Christ. Right they're still your higher power. They're still who looks out for you when you think nobody cares. When you're at your rock bottom, and for, for whatever reason, when you're at your rock bottom, the universe is still out there caring. Yeah. They just, you know, you're just not listening to them at that moment in time. When you do, you will feel that good swift kick in the behind and it'll, you know, it'll help. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And we've got Dave in the chat room. That's it. Time again. <laughs> I have to take the wife well, to work. I'll watch later. When good. And thanks, yes, Dave. Find the book. He's he always comes in. He's in Australia, so he's oh, like fabulous. getting up type of thing. So it's like he pops in when he can. Oh, that's uh, fabulous. Well, thanks, Dave, for stopping by. And Gina, I told you my God moment. I said if he exists, he would shut my brain off. And I was blinded for a bit with my eyes wide open, like an iron curtain came over my eyes. Though I was going, thought I was going insane, but literally God smacked God me. God smacked. Give <laughs> smacked upside the back of the head. Yeah, Gina. Gina was was had a, just sort of at the moment of her her drinking, and she said, "If there really is a God, he'll make he'll stop me from seeing. He'll make me blind." And yeah. for for I'm not sure how long it was. I think it was about a minute or so. She could not see nothing yeah. yeah there was no there was no physical reason it didn't last long enough to say rush to the hospital she's gone it was just gone and that sort of that That's was her aha moment yeah. yeah that incredible. was her aha moment i said i was i would say god god gibbs slapped you but side the back of the head she got god smacked i love that i'm a big mm -hmm. fan of god smack too <laughs> oh. it's like it's a lot better than me doing it but then i didn't know her back then <laughs> Killed her. i have to deal with her now <laughs> oh. Well, thanks um, for sharing, Gina. That was that's an incredible testimony. Yeah, it is. Thanks, G. Um, okay. When I know you have this new book coming out, okay. We're uh -huh. not going to talk to. We're going to touch on it. But we're not going to really talk about it because I don't like to without reading. And but this book. When did you, after everything else that you went through, and you? got yourself, you hit your reset button and you did all the work. What was that aha moment that said, I'm going to write this for other people. I know you, we spoke and you said you wrote it as if you were trying to help people, but doing it my way, this is as simple as it is. But what was it that made you, that made you go, I'm going to write that. 
You know, I, it was after about seven or eight months that I realized that I was working some kind of program. And and I'll just, I'll, I want to specify, this really not written for people just in recovery, but people that have become disconnected with themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. And, and so I really, you know, for me, Yes, my story involves addiction, but I think so many times that you know in our lives that we can just lose track of the person that we were once upon a time or that, you know, five-year-old child that wanted to be that singer on stage, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, so I really wrote it for for anyone who had become disconnected with themselves. And so after about seven or eight months, I, I started realizing that what I was doing could work for other people. And um, and I remember I was in San Diego and I was having some conversations with people and, you know, just about, the, and actually I had started writing this book and I was out there writing and I, I was having conversations and they said, you know what, that's exactly what I need because I need I just need some kind of guidance and I live, you know, I work in corporate or I don't feel like I can step out and say things. And so, you know, the more conversations I was having and the more I was quite frankly connecting with my higher power and, and just saying, what should I be doing? You know, I really, I really let my higher power lead on that. Every time I I wrote, I said, okay, give me the words, give me the words that are going to help me touch people. Um, And so that's, that's how that came about. So it was, I realized that I had something and I started talking to people and I was just really connected with my higher power on all that. And then it came about and I, but I wasn't going to start writing until I was sober for an entire year because I Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure, um, you know, and uh, you know, people that have gone through, there's just a lot of highs and lows and a lot of things that your brain goes through as it's, as it's trying to repair itself. And, and I think anytime anybody's going through trauma or big changes or, you know, changing their life, you know, it takes time to really settle in and understand the concepts. So I wanted to make sure that I had fully grasped. And I told myself, I'm not dating for a year. This year was going to be dedicated solely to me. And that's what I did. And so on, on my one year sobriety date, which was on the one year that I had that conversation with that gentleman, that's when I started writing the book. So that's kind of how that all came about. Boy, cool. Gina says, yes, writing is a great therapy also. And sharing, sharing is key for others to read. Yeah. Yeah. You put it out there because yes, it's therapeutic for you but it's got something that's going to help other people. And like you said, it's just not, it's not just about addiction. I look at this and, and it can also be for people who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to reorganize, recognize that their life doesn't include somebody and, and they have to go through all those steps. My God, my computer's going nuts. Um, so you have, it's like you said, it's not just for people who are going through addiction. There's, yeah. And even though there's, uh, like I said, a hundred different million times of addiction, but it can be used. Just get the book, go to amazon.com. I think CA has it too. <laughs> and um, check it out, read it. It It is it is very helpful. Like I said, for me who thinks, I don't think I got all my stuff together and I'm using nice words, you know, but I didn't think that there would be, you know, something I could, learn out of it. Even though my mind is always open when I pick up a book to read, I say, okay, I know I'm going to learn something interesting, but I don't know if it'll affect me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, your book, um, just reading your, what I called your intro part of it, it's like, girl, it's like, this is like way too close to home, certain things. And mm-hmm. then I get into step one. I was like, okay, fine. 
fine. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I may not I be addicted. That. You know, I may not have an addiction except the of course the chocolate. But I see the things that certain things you were saying. Not everything, but certain yeah. things you were saying. I was like, oh, geez. I, okay, yeah. that's not fair. That's really not. You just okay. I'm shutting the book now. <laughs> <laughs> She's calling me out. I don't know what I think about. <laughs> no. But like I said, it's not. Everybody thinks. Oh, okay, there we go. It's you know drugs and it's alcohol. It's not just that. It's yeah. other thing. Go get it. Read it. It's really good. Oh yeah. well, thank you. That really warms my heart. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Just me. I like. When I'm finished reading it, I'll probably you know message you go ah damn. <laughs> <laughs> if you get that from me on Facebook, you'd be like, okay, she finished the book. Oh, you know, like I, said, for me, I will read the book one time, just reading it. And then I know because already parts of it, I know I have to go back. That's why I'm going to actually get the actual paperback book so that I can mm -hmm. highlight and go back. Um, me, I dog ear pages. I know I shouldn't, yeah. but I do dog ear pages do and notes everywhere. And, yeah. Exactly. And it'll be like, okay, this is this. I got to go back here and do this again. <laughs> so, so it it is a really good book. So, um, I'm 100% behind it, and oh, so I can you. also cannot wait to see what happens with the next book. I just, you're gonna probably just sort of stick me in a corner and go, okay, Darlene, read this because you're God <laughs> boundaries. Yes, <laughs> boundaries. That's it. That's step two. <laughs> a, a lot of people have issues with that. They they don't know. They think. Boundaries is a big thing where sometimes it can be just small and simple. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's everything, you know, we'll, we'll get into it the next time, but I will say, you know, I think some people have a hard time saying no, but mm -hmm. if we think about it as we're not saying no necessarily, but we're saying yeah. yes to ourselves. And so exactly. I won't go much more into anything cause we can save it for the next one, but, but exactly. I'll at least lead off with that. And one part of this book that I liked was that you add a problem with asking for help. Huge, huge. Yeah. I was talking about yeah. this yesterday. And I love, I loved, I loved the way you put it. You messaged your friend. Tell people. I wish I had kept that one highlighted, but tell people how you asked your friend about that one. Yeah. So I was asking for for help one time, and it's like you know I have this whole novel written in a text message. You know, it's like I just want to ask for help, but I know it might be an inconvenience. But I'm just going to hit send. You know, can you can feel free to say no, but I'm going to hit send now just so that I don't delete this. Okay, send. You know, and so yeah, I have this like whole you know like novel that I've written. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the response was, yeah, what time can I be there? You know, and it's amazing. I really did have a have trouble asking for help. And, and it was something I needed to get over. And, and I realized, uh, yeah, is this you me? I, I do. I'm not asking for help, but I, I found She's that good. in, in that process, how much closer I was able to get with people. Um, mm -hmm. And it also allowed me to be able to, you know, acknowledge my strengths and weaknesses. Yes, I'll, we can all go on YouTube and spend, oh my gosh, I spent three hours hanging a, a light one time. And I, like, <laughs> do I need to be doing that? And at some point I was like, I am committed to this. You know, it was like my chandelier. And anyway, I'm just glad I didn't electrocute myself. But, you know, and so, you. Yeah, we, we, can, <laughs> we can do that. But, or do we just ask a friend and they want to be there? And so there's just yeah. this 
this energy that you share with your friends and they want to help and you can help them. And so it became a really important part of my transformation was learning to accept help. And I am so stubborn. I'm like, I got this. And I'm, you know, that doesn't mean go ask help for everything. Go still challenge yourself with the YouTube, but asking for help is, is an incredible thing and it's, it can be humbling. It's also very strengthening as well. Yeah, Gina, Gina's in love with you because <laughs> you are so much like her. You're sitting here and I'm going, okay, yeah, that is Gina. I'm having no her that long. I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's Gina. I love Gina, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of my other friends just came into the chat room, Ashley. She says, my friend Marissa always says it's either hell yes or hell no. There's no in between. It helps me not to feel guilty and not to waste time on things that don't ride my vibe. Yeah, it's either people are going to say yes or no, and then you just move yeah. on. Well, and the thing is, asking friends for help gives them the ability to say yes or no. But sometimes people want to help, but they're afraid to ask you because you have this thing about, I've got to do it myself. But they don't want to ask you because they think they're going to upset you. So so asking them allows them to be helpful to you, You know, gives them permission to say, oh, yes, she asked me for help. I'm great. You know, I'm good with this. I enjoy this. Is what I wanted to do, but I wouldn't, they wouldn't cross that line because you had that boundary. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll share this and, and hopefully this story, I'll keep it brief, touches someone. But um, a friend of mine, she's always said, you know, I want to help. I want to help. Can I be there? And I was doing something and I didn't ask her and I, I should have. She had, she's very handy, had all the tools and I made my life so much harder for That's myself. True. And and, um, and, and I just told her, she said, Jen, why didn't you ask for help? Because it ended up turning into this huge situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went on Craigslist. I had to get the cops involved. It was like a really bad situation. She's okay. like, why didn't you just ask me, Jen? And I said, I didn't want to inconvenience you. And she, this is what she said. She said, Jen, but you were there when my brother passed away. You did X, Y, Z, and all these things mm-hmm. that I didn't think about. I just stood up and I was like, how can I help? I'm going to be there. And yeah. I didn't think twice about it. And so, and, and, you know, it was like, and I could feel her pain as a friend. Like, why wouldn't you ask me? You know, you were there mm-hmm. for me when I needed you. I'm going to be here. And so that's exactly what I mean. I mean, I really think that that really nails it, you know, drives it home with how much deeper our our friendships and relationships can be when we just have that, you know, open dialogue with each other because she wanted to help. And she almost felt like, why didn't you have that feel like you could come to me when, you know, I felt like like we had that friendship. Yeah. It's like, don't you trust me enough? And and yeah. you're allowing people to you're allowing people to see that vulnerability in you when you ask for help, even though it's the hardest thing that you're going to do in your life is saying you know look Gina can you help me put up this wallpaper, you know mm-hmm. and as simple as it is like for you it was may have you in your mind it was complicated, but in her mind your friend's mind it was like simple, it's so simple, simple. To do and it's just and it's done, yeah you know but you you know but hey you learn from that. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, this and and everything really I've learned, hopefully, uh, you know, as you go through reset, you're, you get a kind of a glimpse into all the different things that have impacted mine, uh, you know, my life and into how and and what's helped transform my life. And yeah, asking for help was a huge one. Mm -hmm. And it's still one that I'm still kind of uncomfortable, but yeah, yeah. Trust me, you're not alone there. 
there's, there's two, uh, there's the one, the one lady that here and one lady in the chat room who both have got issues <laughs> asking for help. <laughs> but there's something else that you did in the book that I, I have always done it when I first started on my journey of, of who I, who Mama D is, um, post-it notes. Yes. Yeah. You say, if you have an issue with, with, you know, believing in yourself, write post-it notes. And I, my husband was so frustrated with me and the post-it notes all over the bathroom mirror. Cause that's <laughs> the first thing I get up in the morning. I don't look at me. First thing I do is see that mirror and I see all the post-its. You are awesome. You are beautiful. And mm -hmm. It's it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Somebody mm -hmm. may get aggravated you because you got post-it notes all over the mirror, but uh, it's so simple. He was like, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm looking at these things, and you know, because you know what, it actually helped him too. Yeah, he saw and he saw what my vulnerability was, what my weaknesses were, what I was trying to work on, and mm -hmm. it sort of made him like you know step up and smack I love that. Him. Yeah, post-it notes are so powerful. And, you know, again, it goes back to this learned behavior. I never thought that I was too tall until people started. To, I'm six foot one, by the way. So I'm um, just. Oh, wow. Okay. I I I'll fit into your pocket. I'm five four. I'll fit into your pocket. And I wear heels and I love it. And I'm extremely. Yes. And I, Good. you know. Yes, I love it. So, but it was, you know, as a kid, everybody wants to be normal, right? And I thought I was and it, until mm. people told me that I wasn't. And, you know, it's funny because when I got comments when I was a kid that says, you know, oh, you, why do you wear heels, right? And, and I, would, I would take that negatively. I would turn it around because everybody said that I'm too tall. Like, you're too tall to wear heels. And now I'm like, why do you wear heels? I don't hear that negativity because I flipped it around. And, yeah. and the thing, we can unlearn or we can look at things a different way. So my situation didn't change. I'm still six foot one, but it's yeah. how I viewed it. So whatever you've learned, you can unlearn. And those post-it notes, if you tell yourself every day, you know, I am enough. I am, you know, I am perfect. I was perfectly made. I was, I am worth it. I'm valuable. I'm a good daughter. I'm a good wife. I'm a good, whatever it is. And then yeah. you start to believe it. But these are all things that over time, whether it's other people telling you, or maybe you just started to believe things yourself for whatever reason, but you can yeah. unlearn them. So, so much power in a $2 pad of post-its. <laughs> exactly. Just stick those suckers up there. Yeah. Because here, one of the things you you were told as a child that you were too tall or not told too tall, but just sort of like the insinuation. Me, it was, I was red hair, oh. you know, and I was the only redhead in the neighborhood and that, oh my God, I got picked on so bad. And I used okay. to hate my hair. I used to hate the color of my hair. Now, mm, <laughs> there's, there's a temper that goes with this and I never want to say <laughs> You yeah. know, I, I always say if I could just go back and tell my 12 year old self and that yeah. was when my eating disorder started because I was kind of big and I was tall. And so that's kind of when that when all that started. And if I could just tell myself one thing, it would be just how amazing being unique is and just to embrace it. And I would mm -hmm. much prefer to be just how I am. And if I'm tall, then I'm tall. And if I have red hair, then I have red hair. And if I'm short, yeah. then I'm short, whatever it is. But if I could just embrace that. And, and I, I love the fact that, that I am different. Um, yeah. And I wish I could have conveyed that to that person, but I guess my journey got me to where I am today. But yeah, exactly. And one of the things, uh, uh, a healing, a thing for healing yourself back in the, I am fire. <laughs> um, is that somebody said to me one time, write a letter. Like you said, if you could talk to that 12 year old, you, what would you say? You know, write a letter to yourself because it's healing the past. 
you know yeah. it may take a while to understand but yeah. it's something that you do that for me like you know I had to start thinking about good things about being a redhead aside from having the temper tantrums that my mother used to talk about you know hello I don't go gray <laughs> I'm good <laughs> there, you go. there you go you know and and I find you have to, again you have to find the good in it and mm -hmm. it's part of but going back I wrote that letter a while back to myself to that you know that little girl who was picked on and whatever and I said you know what mm -mm. those people they they hurt people hurt so they were hurting for some way shape or form so they had to reflect it to you and yeah. you just did you know and that's when I got physically sick because I never told anybody I was picked on. I never told that was, you know, bullying. And that wasn't the thing you talked about. Oh, just get over it. It's okay. They were just making fun of you. You know, and I did to my daughter, oh, the boy's picking on you. It's because he likes you. Duh. Smack him yeah. back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the concept of writing a letter. I think that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It, it's sort of you, you know, I, you sit down and you think, okay, I'm just going to start with, I'm going to write a letter this big because I don't write a whole lot, you know? And then it was like a two page letter and I was like, Whoosh. and yeah. I kept, I kept reading it over. And the, at the, the time the person said, read it until you can no longer cry when it no longer hurts you. Mm -hmm. Not that you don't feel anything that you realize that you've healed that little child. So, mm -hmm. and I did, it, it took me a while. I still have the letter. I haven't done. They say usually when you're done with it, you set it on fire and you, you know, do what you do, but I still have the letter. I'm not, I'm not ready to let it go yet. Mm. Not that I, not that I'm holding on to what I told myself then, but I think it's an amazing thing that I did for myself. And, you know, this is just a, another example of how, you know, life just piles on us. I mean, I carried around a lot of things mm -hmm. from when I was a kid. Right. And it was, it was very hurtful to get teased in the corner and to be called names and, you know, all the things that happened. That was, that was very hurtful. And, and I, you know, when I, when I work with my clients and when I, um, you know, the, the book, I mean, it was written for people that, you know, are just have become disconnected. Life has happened. And somehow we lost that vibrant yeah. person that was, again, I'm go back to five. I was going to be a, I was going to be on stage. I was going to be a singer. That was me. And then I lost that confidence and I became too tall and all these things. And so whatever it is, but life just happens. And, yeah. you know, I was married and I was divorced and I moved all over the globe and, you know, just things happen. Every single one of us, every single one of us deals yep. with life in a, just a different scenario. And, um, and we still, you know, as adults, we still, you know, maybe carrying on those things. And so that's mm -hmm. why we've got to really take a holistic look at our life. And, and I just absolutely, I absolutely love that concept of writing, um, writing a letter. I think there's so much power in that, but, yeah. but yeah, I just think that reiterates the, the, the point that life will pile on us and, and we, we can hold on to things. And so we've got to learn to let those things go, you know, and, yeah. re and reverse the way we think about a lot of things. It's true. It's true. Exactly. And it's, it's, and like I said, it's, it's a simple step. These are yeah. things that we're talking about today are simple steps. People think, Oh my God, I'm going to have no post-it mm -hmm. notes. What does it take? Like you said, $2, dollar start, write a bunch of stuff down, post it on, you're done. Mm -hmm. If they keep falling off, get some scotch tape, some sticky gum, or just staple those suckers <laughs> to whatever wall you want to. It doesn't take anything. Yeah. You know, writing a letter to yourself, to loose leaf paper. How many people have notepads in their house, old old books to write on? There you go. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's it's so simple. It's not complicated. You don't have to go out and buy special, you know, special dollar store. Hello, best friend. <laughs> That's it. I love it. So in this in this book, because we're almost out of time, is there one message that you want people to that would make them go, okay, this is really what I need. This is really what I need to start, not just the idea of your book, but to start on the path of reset. You know, I would say if there's something that you feel in your life that isn't congruent with where you think you need to be, and and if you're kind of scratching your head, if you aren't feeling that level of happiness every day, then there's probably some level of, of just getting in and just doing some work. There's probably some work in there. And I'll tell you, my life improves every day because I continue to work on myself every day. So if you're feeling that, you know, I just, maybe with COVID, I'm feeling kind of uh, or, you know, there's something I've been wanting to work on, or I am living this double life and I can't talk about it, or, you know, I just don't feel good about my, whatever it is, if there's something you just don't feel good in your soul, then, it, then work on it. Life can be so incredible. I was at a point where I was suicidal. I mean, I was really, I had the, the deepest, darkest thoughts right before I got sober. It was, it's a sad place when I think back to yeah. it. And you may not be there. Um, I hope you're not there. Um, but if I can take from where I was to having a life that I'm a pr- I'm proud to show anyone that I can talk to it and I can help others, then you can too. So I want, I mean, we all need to get in, you know, connect with our higher power, get in and ask ourselves, how are you doing today? Remember mm-hmm. like on the wall when you were a kid and your teacher was like, how are you doing today? When was the last time you asked yourself that? So yeah. There, you know, we need to reconnect with that person inside. So, um, so that would be my answer is if, if, you know, or if you just need that, that pep me up. Oh yeah. I think, you know, I could use a little, little pep talk from Jen. If you got inspired today, go grab that book. I know you mentioned amazon.com or .ca. Uh, you can also go to jensugarmeyer.com and it'll route you there. Um, and there's a freebie on, I think I call it the happiness or the guide to happiness and just a, just some tips on how to reconnect with yourself and, and, and all that. But Jen Sugarmeyer, as long as you spell it right, sugar with an E, uh, yeah. you will find all that information out there. So. I will at the end of the show, what I do is I go back because I can't post links in the show while we're live. I go back and I'll make sure that, that your, your website link is in the, in the chat. So everybody okay. who commented will step, but again, it's, it's, it's simple. Jen sugar, S U G E R M E Y E R. Trust it. me. I wrote it enough times and <laughs> <laughs> do it in the song in my head, but just go check it out. Go look at the book. And if you have, if you want to connect with Jen, you have a, a Facebook page. You know, yep. people can ask questions or whatever. I'm not exactly there. You thank you. There's there's my Gina. There's my call. She put the link in the chat room already. Thank you. Thank you, um, Gina. Go and check out the book. It is worth it. Whatever the price is, just don't pay for shipping. Obscene amounts. Get the get the Kindle app if it's on Kindle, and trust me, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And I think what you, the, the most important thing I think that, that to take away from this show is those seven words that your friend told you. Yep. Learn to love yourself. You have to, that's the first and most important. Before you can worry about who, 
you know, the partner in my life and my children and my this and my that. You don't love yourself. Yeah. You're not going to be good to anybody else. Nope. Exactly. Put your mask on before you help others. Exactly. Helping yourself is helping others and helping others is helping yourself. Amen. All right. I thank you very much for this. Uh, tell your husband I got a kick. I will. I if I can <laughs> crop that part out, I'll send it to Christina. Okay. But thank you. Tell him thank you for the for the the squirrel moment. It was really good. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate and it. We'll talk about booking you for uh, the second book. Excellent. I would love that. It'll be All fun. Right. Night, everybody. I'll see y'all next week. Good night, Jen. Good night.